We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to Worldwire's Monday NBA DFS podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Of course, I'm Joe Bartle, and joined alongside me, as always, is Ben Miller. Uh, You know, I've learned that people actually don't listen to the end of our podcast, so let's just go ahead and get this out there right now. You have the best Twitter handle at all of Worldwire. What is that again? uh, It's at Benman Doing Work. Benman Doing Work, yes. That is the best Twitter handle at (laughs) Worldwire. And, of course, you can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. Uh, we had a busy week last week doing DFS. We had a Tuesday-Wednesday thing. We switched up. Now, of course, this Monday we have nine games, so we're back on the usual schedule yep, yep. of things. Um, you got the W again last week in our Wednesday competition. We had Al Horford go down literally as I posted the podcast. He was ruled out, so I made the changes. I tweeted about that, uh, put in a bunch of Boston Celtics guys that I thought, well, maybe it'll work out. They're all low-priced. It did. Yeah. However, I had Chris Tapp's Porzingis also in that lineup, who also was ruled out only a couple hours later, and I did not change that because I thought, in part, in the spirit of our competition, it's best that I keep to the rosters that we do. <laughs> right, right. So I anticipate this happens at least once a week from here on out, that I will have a key major guy. That Someone gets, just gets... Right. Yeah, that's right. my luck, and you won't. So I, I'm going to preface this question now. Well, I can, I can see in the future, basically. Uh, I just know these guys aren't going to get ruled yeah, out. Exactly. So that, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just that what's well, how my luck is, especially when it comes right. to DFS stuff. So I'll ask you this. What do you think is fair? Should I be allowed to change my roster in the spirit of our competition if a player is ruled out, or should I just have to keep them in there? I think if it's, if it's like one of the, the top players in the slate— I think it's probably a situation where we should probably switch it out because, I mean, then you're guaranteed to lose almost. So or you're saying I'm allowed to. 
Right, especially if it's like a top price guy. Or okay. we can also do or just know the whole competition entirely. Because I know the listeners are eager to figure this out. I, I they're, Oh, they're, absolutely. They're clearly on my <laughs> side. They don't want me to lose all the time. And again, this is going to happen at least once a week with me, it feels like. So <laughs> we need to have this squared away or not. So you are comfortable, you're saying, with me able to switch the lineup up if and when my top players get out. I think so. If all it's right. a top player. Like right. If it's like a... 3,500 person, it's not going to matter. Well, so. I'm not using them if they're if they're going to be in the injury reserve valid, anyway. Valid. All right. All right. So that's that's set up. We're squared away. I'll take the L on the chin. Uh, it was a tough week for me last week overall because I also lost on Tuesday. I'm coming back strong, though, because the Packers won. The Packers beat the Bears, and they control all of my DFS entries and NBA stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm in good spirits. I'm feeling good about this as a whole. It, it's great. That's great. <laughs> All right, let's get to Monday's non-game slate. We talked about quite a bit, or well, we talked a little bit about uh, the schedule as a whole. I think it's an intriguing lineup. I had a couple of question marks I was going through. It, it's it's a unique slate. I really think it's a unique slate, much different than what we've played in past. I feel like. Yeah, it was. It was kind of super. There's, there's a little bit of everything. Like it wasn't you know no you know no value plays at all there wasn't you know a few just like one or two uh high price guys there's a little bit of everything it really is yeah. that's that's a good way of putting it. it's a little bit of everything a kind of a melting pot of different dfs right. techniques that we've learned throughout the season thus far let's get to your big uh bold takes ben big bold takes what are what are some keys to look out for when you're putting your lineups together this week i think you know right away we have to look at one of the biggest injuries that's happened you know recently with rudy gobert and the jazz um, he went down, I think, four to six weeks with a, a bone bruise in his knee. Um, I think that could definitely change how you look at the Jazz and how you target them. You know, usually we always talked about how their defense was, you know, so good. They slow the pace down, you know, kind of avoid players that go up against them. Um, but I mean, without Gobert, I think their pace could probably improve. I bet it's going to go up with, you know, smaller, more athletic guys. I mean, we don't have to be as worried about their defense. With you know, Gobert kind of well, being that the, that shot blocker, the whole you know the whole deal there. That's um, the biggest thing for me. Yeah. That I mean, there's a lot of different things that go on with this injury, especially when we're talking DFS and even season long fantasy too. But the first being that I think their defense loses some of their teeth. Obviously, yeah. your the pace helps as part of that defense. I don't ever think, despite you know they could have five point guards running out there at one time. I don't think that they're still going to be that fast paced of a team. It's just not how they roll uh, schematically, and you know. Yeah, overall coaching, everything like that, right? So they're they're not going to be doing that. The same time, you're going to see a little bit more offense coming from them. I think you're going to see a little less defense as well because you lose one of, if not the best shot blockers and guys that control the paint in Gobert. Right, he's gone now for four to six weeks. So now, now you can kind of say, okay, instead of just avoiding the Jazz entirely, I don't think you can do that. At I don't think you can just you know throw that out the window right away, but. Derek Favors is still a capable guy on defense. Right, he's not right. going to be a Gobert, but maybe he's a Gobert light. And then you have a little bit more explosiveness in offense with the guys that are coming in and taking more minutes. So I think that that's, there's a whole bunch of different unique aspects that come with this that you have to keep in mind when you're setting your lineups. Yeah, definitely not only just you know players going up against the Jazz, it's you know players on the Jazz who are benefiting as well. So like you mentioned, Derek Favors, he's going to get a ton of minutes now. Um, they went with like a smaller lineup in their last game, the Cephalosha at one of the, 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 the forward spots. Mm-hmm. So... He saw thirty minutes last. Yeah, time. yeah. So it's definitely there's there's players benefiting on that team as well, not just you know the teams going up against them. I agree with you, and I think probably the second takeaway as far as putting your lives together for Monday's nine game slate might be what you want to do with some of these high profile matchups. We're talking like the the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Knicks. Um, we have the Lakers versus Suns, Magic Warriors. These are all three 
uh, high octane, up tempo, high scoring games that we're anticipating. And there's a lot of big money players in there, and there's a lot of also medium price players too. You could target everyone. You could stack any one of those three matchups. I don't think I would argue with you on this slate right. because each one of those I, I find promising in certain aspects. There's some higher priced guys though that in particular benefit from it. And I'm going to go right to the LeBron James thing. I think that that's he's playing at the the Knicks. Right? Yeah, he's right. playing in New York. I think that there's a little bit of a I'm going to show it to the Knicks guys. I'm going to you know he loves to ball out in New York. There's a bit of a high-profile stage at that MGM Stadium. I think that of all the high-priced guys that were out there and have good matchups, LeBron James going against the Knicks in the Knicks' home stadium is the biggest one to me. And I think it's for all the other reasons besides the fact that he's playing the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't have any gripes with the you know LeBron's matchup today. You know, there's going to be no Derrick Rose again, so we're going to see some point LeBron where mm-hmm. he's he's you know on the ball, you know, you know running the offense himself. Um, you know, Shumpert's obviously not. Um, fantastic at handling the ball. So I think we're going to see a lot of LeBron at, uh, at the point. And I think you're right. It, it's a big stage. Everyone loves playing, um, you know, at New York. Um, so I think, yeah, he's probably I, I pretty, pretty good I play. I think yeah. LeBron, of all people, is going to be wanting to be, you know, putting up those numbers, showing that he's a star that he is. I, I don't know. I think that when we look at these things, I do a lot of the defense positioning matchups. We talk about, oh, yeah, okay, highest over-under. But we often ignore the revenge game factors or just – where you're playing, what what type of person is playing, and what they want to prove in each game. And this is one of those prove-it games, in my opinion, for not only the Knicks, but also for LeBron James. Right. So I, I like him quite a bit as a guy that I'm paying up, and that's kind of something I want to keep an eye on when setting these lineups. And the fact that everyone but the Cavaliers are absolutely terrified of what the Cavaliers have done so far. Like what <laughs> they, they look like trash. I mean, LeBron's got to be the one to turn him around, if anything, and and you know put put everything on his back. So... Um, it's, on, it's on him. Exactly, exactly. Well, let's get to that nine-game slate. Let's talk about some of the injuries first, being the Kings and Wizards, 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Really not much to note when it comes to the injuries. Vince Carter will be out with an illness. He's sneakily sometimes a, a DFS asset when they choose to play him, but he's more of the old man guard for that Kings team that's relatively young and still trying to learn. No real injuries to note on the Wizards side. However, the Kings do allow some of the most FanDuel points to that center spot. I looked at Marching Gortat's numbers. And then I looked away. I didn't put him in my lineup. I, <laughs> under five thousand price, I thought, ooh, interesting. You know, he gets utilized quite a bit. Nah, I'm not. I'm not going there. Even with the Kings being a better match, yeah, he was a lot, a lot, a lot more intriguing last year. I feel like he had some some pretty solid games last year. But yeah, not not really the production you're looking for. We talked about already the Cavaliers Knicks seven thirty Eastern time tip off. Tristan Thompson, we've discussed earlier, is going to be out for a while. Then of course you talked about Derrick Rose being out. Meaning more LeBron James, point guard, Amon Shumpert. I think he got over 30 minutes last time out with that Rose injury. I'm expecting more of the same. A little bit of a revenge factor there as well. Shumpert, of course, kind of rose to the scene with the Knicks. I thought that uh, his his leaving, and that was a couple of years ago, obviously, as part of the yeah, J.R. Yeah. Smith trade. But he never seems to forget that. At least we we hear about it enough times from both the Cavaliers teammates and Shumpert himself. Like, oh, you know, kind of digging the Knicks a little bit. I think that this ends up being a slightly bit revenge game narrative and a guy for under 3500 price i like that in my lineups i think you're you're good on minutes like that's like we always talk about with those lower price guys you want someone who's going to play 30 minutes um i don't love shumpert but i could see the play in a tournament setting for sure um i i just for some reason i'm just not as high i don't think he he really has as much upside as, as i'd like to see in a 
Well, that's fair. I mean, we'll get to it in our yeah, lineups because yeah. I, I do have Shumpert in there. I'm I'm feeling good about it. You're not. That's okay. Uh, Joakim Noah on the Knicks side, he's going to be a game-time decision coming back from that suspension. It'll be his first time, first game eligible to return, right? Right, right. They talked about, the the Knicks talked about how they don't even know if, you know, he's going to even be in the right. rotation when he comes back. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I'm not using him. It's right. interesting that he's, now he's finally coming back and you finally get that off the injury suspension yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. The Grizzlies and Bucks, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. That Grizzlies defense isn't as good as it has been, but they do allow the fewest Fanduel points to point guards. Something to point out when we're talking about a little bit Eric Bledsoe, and we'll get to him in a little bit. Also Giannis, yeah. who's carrying the ball quite a bit in the court. Jermichael Green will be out. He is nearing a return oh, with that ankle injury, but probably more like next week, and that might mean a little less minutes for Tyreek Evans, who is quietly kind of a really consistent option at that shoot guard, shooting guard spot for a mid-tier price. Yeah, it's super nice pickup for for the Grizzlies. He was with the Kings last year, and I think they got him for like five mil a year. But yeah, he's been super, super good at a very solid know. mid-tier price. I didn't know. I, I mean, I saw a 6,600. I think it was price tag. Maybe it was even a little higher than that 60. Yeah, 6,800. I knew that was 200, right. 200 higher. And I was like, wow. That's that seems to be an aggressive price take for Evans. I looked at his number. I'm like, oh wow, that's actually not aggressive enough. <laughs> right, right. I don't feel great about using him against the Bucks, uh, but at the same time, he almost feels like he's a consistent source off the bench for that Grizzlies team, and will always have some utility. He's he's close to that. Oh, you know, I might as well put him in if he's at that price. If he goes a little higher, talking like seventy four, seventy five. I don't feel great about, but six eight hundred. Yeah, he's, yeah okay. he's slowly pushing to the point where I'm I'm not comfortable. But he's kind of like I think we talked about Brandon Ingram last week. Mm-hmm. How like we looked at his numbers and it was like, oh, okay, wow, he's producing yes. a lot more than expected. Right. Um, but so that kind of kind of validates his price a little bit there. Absolutely. And on the uh, Bucks side, we're kind of seeing what Eric Bledsoe is going to provide to that offense. Again, we'll talk about it a little bit more because you do have him in your lineup. I do, yep. Um, uh, Mirza Teletovic, he will be a game-time decision with a knee injury. Kind of more of a three-point shooting guy if you're in DFS leagues that value that. Not so much a huge DFS was on FanDuel. Uh, Hawks-Pelicans, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. A lot of different... Option. Well, a lot of guys just hurt on that power forward center spot for the Hawks. Ursan Ilyasova is going to be out with a knee injury. Miles Plumlee going to be out with a quad injury. Mike Muscala is doubtful with the ankle injury. That means that we're looking at a guy like Luke Babbitt or John Collins getting significant minutes against a DeMarcus Cousins-Anthony Davis combo that has really wrecked the NBA DFS-wise right. throughout the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, it, this is this is big for for the Pelicans front court. When you when you got Anthony Davis, uh, how many time All Star he is already? I don't right. know. Um, but going up against Luke Babbitt, that's this that's going like to be a lot of points. The Pacers game that we talked about last week, where we're like, uh, do any of these guys score? I mean, how how does that work? I honestly don't see Luke Babbitt playing all that much. But for a guy that's under thirty five hundred price who got 30 minutes last time out when this same situation occurred, I think you could do worse. I mean, you're only asking him for get 15 FanDuel points, and that's like, what, scoring eight points and getting two rebounds, and right. boom, you're there? You yeah, know, like yeah. that's... I I have a hard time believing... I think, really, it opens up the door for Anthony Davis and Cousins to be great FanDuel plays if you choose to go that route. But if you play them, that means you almost have to have a guy like... Uh, you like Luke Babbitt in there. Right, yeah, someone I mean, near that minimum almost. You're it, cutting your yeah. power forward spot because you want to use Anthony Davis. Well, Babbitt also is a power forward on that too. Honestly, this could have been another one of those bold takes in the beginning where how you want to set your lineup really depends on what you want to do with Anthony Davis and Luke Babbitt. Oh, definitely, absolutely. Especially, you know, it's it's tough to to want to play, you know, a matchup where, you know, they're they're going against each other type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, I... I it, I'm not really against it. I think it's it's a completely fine play. Like you said, when you're paying up for Anthony Davis or LeBron James, you kind of need a salary break in there at some yep. point. And, ba- and Babbitt's going to be one of those better options just because of the minutes he sees. 
On the Pelicans side of things, Rajon Rondo will be out again still with that groin injury. Tony Allen also out. Um, Drew Holiday has had his moments as a scoring threat for that point guard spot. I feel better about him than I do most weeks, but the Hawks also are about middle of the pack in terms of allowing Fandle points to the point guard spot. Schroeder, on the other hand, I'm not touching him, especially against the, the twin towers of Cousins and Davis. I, I, he's got to get, I think, his shots outside, and that's not really what he's known for right now. So right. I'm staying away from him as far as a upper-tier point guard price. Um, but there really isn't a lot of great lower-tier point guard prices, and we'll get to that when I'm talking about my lineup. I think you kind of have to pay it for point guard. I'm just not sure I want to pay it for Schroeder. Schroeder's a little bleh. To me, like he, it's just <laughs> nothing yeah, crazy way. about the matchup. Great and, analysis. Yeah, that's just how I feel about him for for tonight. And, and Drew Holiday, like we said, with it's going to be the Davis and Cousins show against that mm-hmm. front court. So I don't think Holiday really has to do anything as much as you know is just feed those guys the ball. So um, I think Holiday would be a fine play. I just don't. I don't think it's a guy I'm expecting to go off. Exactly. Timberwolves and Jazz, we talked about that at the beginning as kind of a, a DFS make-or-break decision. Gorgie Yang is going to be a game-time decision with that finger. Uh means heavy minutes for Taj Gibson or even uh, Zanka as well. Cole Aldrich, game-time decision, ankle injury. Then we get Gobert, we talked about that on the other side. Yep, yep. Opening up minutes for Derek Favors at center. We saw Cephalosha step in at power four, but there could be some FK Udo minutes as well if they choose to go big, which yeah, I'm not sure you really want to when you have Gibson going for the Wolves, but... You know, that's that's going to be a curious case, I think, to see how that all plays out tonight. Yeah, I, I think that's that's definitely another, you know, I talk, we talked about it at the start where, you know, it's no longer really fear the Jazz right. defense. Exactly. So, I mean, even though this might not be the, the highest pace game, I, I think there's definitely some options there to consider, um, like a Cephalosha, you know, like a Favors. Potentially, Favors a little, I'm a little iffy on tonight just because of, you know, he's matching up with Towns. Um, you know, Towns is an, an amazing defender, but um, I'm a little... A little well, and, less on favors. And favors is priced a little bit more accordingly right. as opposed to Cephalosha. And that was the same thing actually with John Collins going back to that Hawks team that yeah, Collins yeah. actually is priced really high for what I would want going against the Anthony Davis and Cousins, whereas you look at Babbitt, he's not even close to that. So yeah, yeah. it's something to consider. Uh, Monday's nine-game slate sees four games that really should be some of the most high-scoring ones of the afternoon or evening, I should say, starting out with the Lakers' Suns' 9 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Larry Nance going to be out. For the Lakers with a thumb injury, Greg Monroe still coming back from the calf, and Jared Dudley for the Suns. Overall, I think that's going to be a high-paced affair. I think that's going to be a fantasy goodness kind of lineup. But we talked about a couple other ones. We're going to get to them a few here. You really can only stack one of these games. <laughs> Good luck picking which one you want to out of the three or four that are going on. Yeah, I, I honestly really like the the Lakers-Suns stack. Try, I'm, I'm trying, definitely trying to get two three four guys in there from that from that game and then maybe you know flip in one or two from the other you know quickly. i don't think it's wrong but i also don't think it's wrong if you want to st- uh, stack the nuggets trailblazers game right, at 10 yeah. o'clock eastern time tip off gary harris game time decision potentially means more will barton minutes if you see that the point guards it feels like moody air murray switches off as to which one they want to go off they're both priced 47 4600 and I, I don't know which one to roll with but i want to roll with one of them i can't you know like it's it's tough overall it's almost like that that you know, maybe last year more, but a little bit of the Duhante Murray and, and Patty Mills thing where yeah. you never know who's going to go yeah, off between the two. But yeah, I agree. I, I have a tough time picking between, you know, Moutier and, and Murray. And then, of course, Lillard is closer to the highest priced, I think, second highest priced point guard overall on Monday's slate, but he's still fine. McCollum hasn't been used as often as we probably would have anticipated coming into the season. But against the Nuggets team that kind of struggles, I think, to keep up with that high octane, high intense intensity offense. Wow, that's... 
<laughs> Bumbled all over that, but you it's, know what guys it's would say. It's Monday. <laughs> it is a Monday, yeah. I don't, I like that matchup, too. If we're talking Lakers, Suns, Nuggets, Trailblazers, that's great. And then, of course, we have Magic Warriors, 10.30 Eastern time tip-off. That's going to be at Warriors. You know, DJ Augustine can be out. Jonathan Isaac out already with the ankle injury. Alfred Payton likely is going to play, but he is a game-time decision as well. We talked about him last week as a, oh, what, what's going to happen? Yeah, and then yeah. we have Steph Curry, another big-time injury. He's a game-time decision with that quad injury. He is a true questionable decision. He bruised that during Saturday's game, so he really only had two days of rest. If he's out, Sean Livingston becomes another one of those salary break players that we're talking about. Right, yep. That would be a fantastic matchup against a Magic team that's already likely out at least one point guard, maybe two. Yeah, it, that's definitely one of the, I mean, that is the biggest injury of the slate, um, as in, you know, price-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I mean, if he, if he sits out, it doesn't only, you know, benefit the Magic defensively, that benefits the other bigs on, or the other big, you know, big time players on the Warriors. So like Clay Thompson's going to have more usage. Kevin Durant too. Kevin Durant, exactly. Um, and like you said, Sean Livingston could be an intriguing play, but the problem is this game's at nine thirty. We won't know. So we probably, yeah, we probably <laughs> will not know before you know lineup locks. Well, that means then probably by the end of this podcast we'll find out because that's, <laughs> exactly. that's how this seems to go. <laughs> I will say that when we talked about all the players that benefit. Let's talk about the overall, the game itself. If Curry were to miss, we're talking about a team that the Warriors, one of the best in the Western Conference, Magic still kind of rising in the East a little bit. If Curry's out, that makes it where it a lot closer. I think the Warriors are still a good team, obviously, and probably do have some blow-up potential just with Kevin Durant and Draymond yeah, Green and company. Yeah. But that's a lot more blow potential if Curry's playing as opposed Definitely. to if he's not. So yeah. that now opens up you know, minutes across the board for all these guys. Right, and, yeah, and, and hopefully we're not seeing uh, just bench everyone in the fourth quarter type of... Right, type especially of, yep. if Curry's out. Right. That's yep. what I'm saying. And then, of course, the last game of the nine-game slate, 76ers-Clippers, again, another high-scoring game. We're talking about the last four. Could all be ones you wanted to stack if you ch- so choose. This has got Nick Stauskas is going to be a game-time decision with the ankle injury. Jared Bayless also going to be a game-time decision with the wrist. If he's out, that means more TJ McConnell because Bayless is sitting out again. We already know Fultz is going to be out, so... McConnell against the Clippers team that really has improved better defensively because they have Patrick Beverly right. out there most most times. You know, it's just the, there's a lot. Although I will say he is a game time decision with the knee injury, Beverly that is, and then of course Gallinari is a game time decision with the hip injury. That was a discussion point we had last podcast too. Wesley Johnson's been starting his place, not really doing that much DFS wise, but at the same time he's still going to get 30 minutes against the 76ers team that we don't always know what we're going to get because they are so young and they have. Days where they just aren't there. Right. That's to be expected when a team is this young and still trying to develop and get their feet underneath them. I'll be honest. I kind of struggled with this game. Like I, I looked through it, looked through the injuries. Even with the injuries, I, I don't know how much I love any any particular person in this matchup. Honestly, you know, even with the Clippers being the ones with more injuries, with you know Gallinari, Beverly, all those guys. It almost just makes me more you know, just trend towards the 76ers players on there, like a, like a Covington or a, um, even a Simmons. Like Simmons up against those guys. If Bever- if Beverly's out, I should right. say, uh, I, I really like that play. Well, I think Simmons is an intriguing play as well. Again, he's one of the higher-priced power forwards, but we talked about earlier, if you feel like Anthony Davis's matchup is so great, well, you have to have him in there. Okay, that's one power forward gone. Then you likely want that salary break that comes with a Luke Babbitt, who is another power forward option, and boom. You don't have any other choice right. but to roster yeah. those two. So it really is a decision-making process going back to that Pelicans-Hawks game, what you want to do there. No, definitely, yeah. Uh, let's get to some questions I think that are really important for setting your FanDuel lamps. Besides the big takes that we talked about earlier, I think how you want to do your point guard position is going to be a big deal. Again, 
There's some middle tier guys that are okay. You can kind of shrug your shoulders, play. Not a lot of lower price guys. Like even 5,000, it feels and less as a wasteland of sorts. So we have to go up top for at least one of them, in my opinion. There are three 9,000 plus point guards Lillard, John Wall, Steph Curry. Ben, I want you to rank them as far as best or number one being the one you feel most confident in to the number three. So I'd probably, number one, uh, I'm probably most confident in Lillard. Um, the Nuggets actually give up a decent amount of points to point guards. Um, also expect to be one of the more up-tempo games in the night. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he had a stretch, I think, at the start of November. He had two 60-plus Fanduel point games um, in three games or so. Um, he's been down a little bit the last few games, but, you know, as I always say, that kind of brought his price down a little bit um, to where to where I'd like it to be. And I, I just think he's probably the best option at the three that I feel the most, you know, comfortable with using at 9600 then i'd probably go wall um i just mentioned how lillard kind of went off for a few of those 60 point ones wall hasn't really had that like signature game where he put up a ton of a ton of points um and honestly that's the only reason i have him over curry as well is just because of curry's injury and the the fact that we're not gonna see you know uh well maybe we might not see you know curry's you know injury status updated before the lineup's locked so that I'm just I think that's too much risk for me uh, on Curry, hence why you know I'm kind of dropping him to three, even though he's got a great matchup if he were to play. I I agree with you. I think Curry's number three, and again, it's solely because we don't know and we probably won't get the benefit of figuring out when um, they're actually going to be able to play. Right? Yeah. Will Curry play? Will Livingston play? That's going to be a big decision, and that could affect how you do a lot of things at the point guard spot. Because if Curry's out, then I think Livingston almost becomes an automatic play, especially in cash game lineups. You you have to utilize him because he's going to get forty fifty percent ownership rate. And that's just how it is. You're gonna have to whatever he gets you, he's giving everyone else to. Yeah, yeah. So you have to go with that. I actually like John Wall better than I like Damian Lillard. I understand what you're saying, and I was thinking more in a cash game lineup mindset that Wall is gonna give me a bit more consistency. Maybe he doesn't get that explosiveness, that that high up obtained point total that we want. But I do know what I'm gonna get, and it's gonna be about forty to forty five points, fandle wise at least. And he's going against a Kings team that really, you know, what they want to do on every given night is is different. It feels like right, as far right. as do they want to develop talent? Oh, hey, do they want to go out and actually win a basketball game? I don't know. <laughs> it it feels like it switches up. And I think the Wizards are a little bit sluggish too. And I think that John Wall as a whole is going to be a guy that is going to get that team going back to where they want to be. And that starts with him going off against teams that he should go off against, like the Kings. So I, I take him as number one and then Lillard as number two. So that's kind of how I'll go. And I'll, I'll transition this into the next question that I have, really, because if we want to pay up a point guard, we also maybe have enough room to pay up for one 11000 price guy, if you so chose to do that. Who do you like of the three 11000 plus guys? I got to go with Anthony Davis, you know, despite my my dislike of him always. I mean, he hasn't done it this year. I'll be honest, like he hasn't done it too much, but always just leaving the game uh, for no right. reason whatsoever. But um, I, I'd still go. I'm going with Davis. The Hawks are without Ersan Ilyasova. I think I mentioned this before. No Ilyasova, no Muscala. Like we talked about this at nauseum. Like it's Davis who's just going to absolutely dominate that front court. I would um, imagine so too. I yeah. I, I just think like the matchup is so good there that it's big time. You know, point potential for Davis. There are five players on Monday's nine game slate priced above 10,000. So it goes Giannis at 12,000. And I kind of excluded him because I just couldn't find a way to get him in right. and another high price yeah, guy. Yeah. Like you wouldn't think that $1,000 difference between these, between Giannis and even a guy like LeBron James, who we'll get to in a moment, 11,200 would make that big of a deal. It really does. It's, it's tough to find a way to get Giannis in there and 
some confident 7,000, 6,000 guys and a yeah. 9,000. It's, it's really tough. So I, I excluded him in that question. DeMarcus Cousins, 11,700. Davis, who you mentioned, 11,400. LeBron, 11,200. Durant, 10,200. I like LeBron as the 11,200 for mention, or reasons that we mentioned earlier. Again, playing in the Knicks, I, I think that the Cavs need LeBron to do LeBron things in order to be yeah. good. And he is 500 less than Cousins, 200 less than Davis, which allows me to have a little bit more savings and opportunities to me- mess things around. I like Durant at 10,200. He's a, a full 1,000 less than LeBron. And while Durant won't give you the eye-popping numbers that LeBron has, he still is getting 45, 50 Fanduel yeah. points easily against a Magic team that, again, if Curry's out, well, I think more of the onus falls on Durant too. Yeah, so. his usage. Yeah, his usage will definitely go up, and you know, more more on ball for him. I, but this is all to say that I don't think Anthony Davis is a bad play either. I, I mean, it is to me. It is Davis. It is LeBron, and it is Durant. If you want to go that way, I can't in good conscience find a way to get Giannis in there. That's right. my one. Yeah. my one problem. Yeah, I definitely have to fade Giannis just because um, there's some other decently priced guys that I feel are are pretty necessary in your lineups. Uh, the Rotoway Optimizer love it. Uh, the Rotoware Optimizer lineup does love Steph Curry and figures, of course, without the benefit of hindsight, that he will be playing against the Magic at 9,200. The other point guard available for the Optimizer lineup is George Hill. So they're doing the Stars and Scrubs lineup right away. He's at 3,600 going against the Wizards. That's, of course, if De'Aaron Fox does get more minutes or Hill does. Yeah. Yep. Again, we talked about that. What do the Kings actually want to do this game? Because it changes week to week, game to game. CJ McCollum uh, going against the Nuggets, 7,000. That's a low price take from him. But again, he isn't done a lot of what we'd expect him to in that Trailblazers team. The other shooting guard option on the Rotowire Optimizer lineup, Contavious Caldwell-Pope against the Suns at 4,700. Get some of that shares of that uh, Lakers-Suns matchup. And yep. I think that really is what the Optimizer did. Like It, it targeted all of those, those matchups that we were discussing as they could be high-octane. Right, right. Uh, Kevin Durant, 10200 That's one of two 10000 price guys the Optimizer lineup suggests. Brandon Ingram, the other guy that you talked about, going against the Suns, 5900 I think that he's an interesting option, and I think that if you want to pay at small forward, you're going to pay up, and then you either pay down really far or you decide <laughs> to go for a guy like Ingram in that mid-tier price. I think Ingram's going to be a really solid play at that price. I think he was up in like 63 64 last week, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's a very good price, especially like we mentioned. This is the Suns-Lakers um, game. It's the highest over-under, so I mean... I'm I'm fully on board if if you want to use Ingram. Anthony Davis at eleven thousand four hundred is also in the optimizer lineup again. Stars and cr- scrubs, so it got Curry, it got Durant, and it got Anthony Davis in there, and it did that without putting a guy like Luke Babbitt in there, which I'm assuming it would had the minutes be adjusted whenever else, like which would happen by the end of right. today's game. Yeah, stuff. so I mean, that, I would assume that they would have him in there. Instead, they put Scalabrini in there for the Wizards or going against the Wizards, to say. That Kings game, 3,700, and I think it also doubled down and went with Willie Cauley-Stein, too. One of those guys probably will go off against the Wizards, but good luck guessing which one it is. Right. I, In theory, I kind of like the overall makeup of it. Curry, like we said, though, that's that's my biggest issue there. And I, and I don't think George Hill is is someone you really want to play. Even, right. It's just, even when he's gotten minutes, it's kind of like him just giving it to the young guys trying to make them better you know it's not it's not like it's he's trying moment. to yeah like he he got paid he's yep. getting paid for the next three years he doesn't really need to do anything other than mentor those guys so i he just doesn't have the upside that you're looking for i did like what the optimizer lineup did though and as far as going the stars and scrubs route um i'm not normally a fan of that especially in cash game lines but yeah. i think you are blessed with the opportunity to do it this time <laughs> so let's go ahead and take advantage of it um one guy we didn't talk about at all while we're going through that but we both love in our lamps, and honestly, he was the first guy I put in my lamp. Lonzo Ball, seventy six hundred 
against that Suns team that we were talking about we really want to get advantage of. I didn't attack that game as much as I probably would have liked to, but Lonzo Ball was a guy I felt like I had to find in my lineup no matter what. Yeah, I, I love the play for Lonzo. I think the Suns give up like the seventh most Fandle points to point guards. Um, he's coming off his first career triple-double. I think he was like the youngest guy to do it yep. ever. Um, of course, against the Bucks too. <laughs> right, right. Um, I just think he's going to have a, a crap load of, of confidence after that. So Yeah, there's no way he'll be able to replicate the triple-double, even against the Suns, in my opinion. I don't think he's going back-to-back numbers yeah. like that. But at the same time, at 7,600, it's so easy to to you know, project him getting 40 to 45 Fandle points, and that's already above the five times threshold that we're looking for. Yeah, and I think he's going to be matched up against Mike James, too, who's like a two-way contract guy. So it's... I honestly thought about getting both Mike James and yeah. Lonzo Ball in there. I couldn't quite find a way to do it, but that, to me, felt like, all right, <laughs> let's get both of them in there. Let's do this. They're both running up and down the court. I anticipate a lot of scoring on both sides. Oh, let's go. Sure. But yeah. definitely Lonzo Ball should be able to take advantage of Mike James, of all people. Yeah, and he's, he's got a fairly decent price, too. It's not like he's you know anything crazy, 7,600. Exactly. So I, I think that's really, really reasonable you went with eric bledsoe against the grizzlies at 6400 i thought that was a very interesting maneuver i thought about that initially then saw the grizzlies then saw how many points they allowed to point guard spots and then i backed away from that entirely so convince me why we should be using eric bledsoe this being his third game with the new team i honestly have written down here wild card pick because it's not convincing me got um no i I really do i I think it's more of like a feel thing like he's been with the bucks two games already you know kind of eased into the offense figuring out his teammates i just feel like the third game fourth game you're kind of more comfortable and i think that's it's it's finally gonna be that time where he kind of has that you know signature opening performance for the bucks you know um that's kind of where i'm at with that i just i just feel like it's kind of more of a gut feeling that this is the time he he feels the most comfortable he finally figures out how to play with his teammates and i think that could it could be some pretty decent especially because he's only yeah. 6400 you know he was right I think he started this the year in the 7500s until he obviously just stopped playing <laughs> but um yeah that's that's pretty decent uh, he'll you know. definitely trend to that too i, I have yeah. no doubt in my mind that he'll get back up to that range where we're seeing lines of ball at the 76 7500 range i think that bled so that that to me is easy money that he'll get to that point i'm not sure he does that now i don't feel great about using him against the grizzlies at the same time to me it felt like do you want to do an eric bledsoe at 6400 do you want to do a clay thompson at 6600 at shooting guards yeah that was kind of where the decision came into play with me i went with clay thompson particularly if curry is out so again we'll get to our lineups a little bit but that was decision making as a result of that decision i had to do tj mcconnell at 4600 and you talk about wild card being eric bledsoe I did not feel comfortable using TJ McConnell at 4,600, <laughs> but I, there there wasn't anything better. I didn't feel like about using either the Nick, the Nuggets guys that talked about Murray and Moutier, 47 yeah. and 4,600 respectively at the spot. Didn't feel great about that. McConnell's going to get minutes, especially if Bayless is out, and I'm just looking for a guy that's going to get minutes in a matchup that I think is going to be good. So I, I had $400 left to play with, and really FanDuel did a great job of cutting you off you either going to pay low at the point guard spot, you're going to go below 5000 or you're going to go up to 7500 right. That was it. Yeah, McConnell, I actually had him in my lineup at one point, too. Um, it's just he's really, like, he hasn't done anything in, like, four games. But, <laughs> like, know. he started off the year so strong. Like, right? he had, like, a 41-point FanDuel outing, a 30, a couple 30s. Like, he, he 
when he gets the minutes, he's shown that he can do it. But it's just the recent play, a little, you know, that that just scares me off a bit. Yeah, I didn't feel great about it. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> we both paid down for shooting guard, but we switched up as to who we wanted to pay down for. I talked about Shumpert. I thought a little bit of a revenge game factor, a little bit of, hey, I'm getting more minutes now that Rose is out. Um, you always talk about that the, the steals and blocks have been increased on FanDuel, which should benefit defensive guys. Now, Shumpert isn't that defensive stalwart that he used to be. But at the same time, I think there's potential for him to, against, especially against a turnover-happy Knicks team, I like him at a near minimum price of 3200 So I, I went with him. I felt good about that. You went with Marco Bellinelli at 4000 It's a name that you can actually get around that 4000 to 4500 range quite easily and most times find a way to work it like mentally for you to work him into your lineup. I, I think that he's a guy that you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I can see how this works. Tell me why against the Pelicans team, though, that we're a little bit worried about as a matchup as a whole that you want to use Bellinelli. He's just kind of been like putting up sneakily strong numbers off the bench. And when, you, when his price is only 4000 I think that's that's definitely a risk you can take, even if the matchup isn't necessarily the best. Um, I think he said 20, 22, and 32 Fandle points yeah. the last three games. So, I mean, at that price, I'm, I'm comfortable taking the risk on, on It him. feels like you can assume he gets five times the value. So if you're going to paying for a 4000 guy, okay, if you give me 25 I'm fine with that. Yeah, I can yeah. work with that most times. So I get what you're saying there. You also paid up for Devin Booker at 7400 Again, getting in on that Lakers-Suns matchup, I liked that. But I actually think Clay Thompson outscores him, especially if Curry's out against the Magic team. Clay, obviously, numbers have dipped down a little bit since Durant has arrived. He's not nearly that type of player that we, well, really know him to be. I, I mean, I think he's an elite talent at that shooting guard spot, yeah. right? You do too? I, th- I mean, yeah, absolutely. I okay, think. I, I mean, I just yeah. I wanted to make sure that while he's not priced appropriately, he is definitely among the DeMar DeRozan's of the world as far as elite shooting guard options. Yeah, it just might not be as consistent with the top top tier type of numbers. And that's more so because the Warriors have so many other players right. as opposed yeah. to, again, talent-wise. Exactly, right? exactly. Okay, so and that's that was my thought process. I think that Thompson hasn't had a lot of one of those, I'm going to step up and take over the game games. And this one, to me, feels like that, especially against a Magic team that is questionable against defense, really, as a whole, but yeah. at that shooting guard spot. So... 6,600, 7,400, two of the top guys at shooting guard. We seem to have the same strategy overall. We differentiate on the small forward spot, and this is kind of how we differentiate as a whole in our lineups. You want Covington at 6,300. You talked about that a little bit earlier as far as the 76ers playing against the Clippers and who benefits most from both these teams, kind of being more of the up-tempo but also defensive-minded teams that yeah, they have yeah. turned into. I went LeBron James 11,200. I think he is, again, the best of the 11,000 priced options. I feel great about him. I would be, honestly, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get 60 points. I think, yeah, I I, I do not hate the LeBron pick at all. I think he's going to have a, a big time, big time game. I just, I had to pay up at center. So yeah. I, yep. I just couldn't, I couldn't afford him. And that's, that's really where the, the lineup gets differentiated there. Yeah. We both want Tabo Savalosha against the Timberwolves. Likely to be, likely, I think he's actually confirmed to be starting at power forward. Now, whether he gets 30 plus minutes, I don't know about that, but you could probably, I mean, he's not playing against a giant in Taj Gibson, so. Right. I mean, he had 35 Fandle points in, in you know, the other start. He's not going to get five steals again, right. which he did. Right. Um, but I think with, with that many minutes in, in a guy that's only 4,100, that's that's a completely fine play. We're both on the Anthony Davis train at 11,400. We've talked about that quite a bit now, so I don't think we need to really discuss that. And because of that, we both had to do Luke Babbitt at 3,400. I don't feel great about it. I actually had him out of my lamp initially. But you to get LeBron in there, I think I had to put Babbitt in. I had to have Shumpert in. So, and then I also had to kind of punt with TJ McConnell too. That's kind of where the decision came. I love Anthony Davis. Easy. Against, I, yeah. I think you have to have to do that. 
that's that's by far my favorite play on the night. Anthony Davis is is gonna gonna have a huge night. Like I yeah yeah. And then we both kind of paid up for a center. I actually feel really good about Kevin Love at seventy five hundred going against a Knicks team that's top five allowed and most Fanduel points to centers. They allow I think the second or third highest percentage free throw shooting to centers, which is a weird stat. Uh, and I, I was like, okay, well that yeah. doesn't really help me. But Kevin Love is one of the top five uh, centers to score from free throws overall. So I was like, okay, I, you know. I'm assuming that the percentage made free throws also contributes to made free throws overall, right? Or attempted free throws. Yeah. So that's okay. So Kevin Love gets a lot of free throw attempts. Oh, and he goes against a team that allows a lot of free throw attempts to center spot. Give me that 7,500. You went Carl Anthony Towns, and I think it's based off of solely what we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast. Right. Gobert's gone. Let's get in the guy that we think is going to be able to score on a depreciated price given the matchup. Exactly. Well, yeah, and Towns just has been kind of, like, disappointing. You know, yeah. he was 10000 price. You know, I, I jumped on him right away when he was 9500 Didn't do that much. But I just think this is this is just a great matchup, even though it's someone against the Jazz where we always feared the Jazz. But, yeah, no go bear. I think he, he can handle, you know, Derek Favors pretty easily. And then with Kevin Love on your side, I think that's an extremely, extremely good price for for him you know he had two 60 point games yeah, i think it was the last like three. the last three so like his price hasn't changed by more than 200 right yeah and he he was at 8300 really at one point yeah in a really good match against the knicks and again cavaliers actually aren't that good so they're gonna have to rely on kevin love have to rely on lebron james i feel good about using both those guys and i'm surprised like you are that he's at 75 yeah i think maybe the only real thing there is just because he's designated as a center maybe that kind of flipped his price or something like that you're right but, if he's a power forward he's right up there among the ben simmons i think that's why I feel like, yeah, he's probably at least in the 8,000s or something like that. But, yeah, I love that price for With Tristan for Thompson out, he has to get around 35 minutes. So, I don't know. I kind of, all right, sure, put him in there right along with Lonzo Ball. I felt yeah. like that was okay. I'll, I'll put that one. So, uh, well, that really does it for us in the Monday NBA DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. Again, nine-game slate. A couple things to note before we sign off. If you love listening to us talk, if you love listening to Ben talk in particular, it would be great if you can give us some good reviews on iTunes or Stitcher. We love the compliments, especially Ben. So it's always a great uh, ego boost, so to speak, when we see those come around. Uh, and then talking about things we love, we love FanDuel, of course. And I love the fact that I can continue to lose to you <laughs> in the uh, the friend challenges and open bracket stuff. I, I like that. I mean, again, clean site. We, we've discussed it Yeah, a bunch of different great. price ranges. You can, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, you can do $1 lineups, $5 lineups, as much as you want. It's just an awesome site. This was a really unique opportunity lineup-wise, too. There's a lot of different things you can do. Uh, we talked about some people that aren't priced appropriately. We talked about the point guard spot that they did a really good job pricing appropriately because you have to make some really good decisions. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, I, not not much else can be said about how great yeah. FanDuel is. FanDuel's is. awesome. Uh, yeah, and of course, if you want a free six-month RotoWire subscription and see all the great stuff like defense positioning tools with the RotoWire Optimizer lineup, you can get that and a spot in the NFL Sunday Million Dollar Maker. Again, a little cross-court uh, DFS action here with the NFL Sunday Million Dollar Maker. Over $1 million in cash prizes, duh, Million Dollar Maker. We've got a ton of NFL DFS podcasts out there. I just did one now Monday with Joe Pisapia where we talked about the Sunday action and we talked about how the Packers beat the Bears. Got super jacked about that. It was good to <laughs> listen to. So if you want the free six-month Rotowire subscription, make sure to head over to fanduel.com slash Rotowire. That's, of course, on your first deposit to Fanduel. Void where prohibited. That does it for us. NBA Wednesday DFS podcast sponsored by Fanduel. We'll be back again Wednesday. Talk more DFS action. See you then.